0: Well, hi, my name is Mark Tuchel, and welcome to my Living Sober Sucks But Living Drunk Sucks More podcast. This is the audio version of my written blog, and the title of this piece is, uh, How Do You Know If You Have a Problem? A good friend of mine brought something to my attention. If you say things like, uh, I need to start watching how much I drink, or I'm going to start moderating how often or how much I drink, then you probably already have a problem. Because if you didn't have a problem, you wouldn't have to consciously think about moderation. And uh, if you're one of those people who gets a bottle of medication and follows the instructions exactly without uh, wondering or thinking about it, then you don't have problem potential with stuff. But if you get a bottle of pain pills or sleeping medications and you look at it and think, hmm, I wonder how many of these I can take. I wonder how many of these I need to take to catch a buzz. I wonder what happens if I drink a 12-pack with these then you have problem potential. See, and I don't believe that you need to fill out a questionnaire from a therapist or an online survey to determine if you have an alcohol or substance problem. The answer is usually pretty clear. And if you're taking an online survey, you probably already have a problem or you wouldn't have sought out and taken the survey. And what you're most likely trying to do is to massage your mind and tweak your answers so you can look at it and say, see, I don't have a problem. I just need to moderate a little bit. At least I'm not as bad as insert name here. I mean, isn't it interesting that, you know, while taking these surveys or talking with a therapist, we'll often compare our own behavior to someone else that we know. Now, I'm not implying that you're a lawyer, but uh, who wouldn't talk with the therapist or fill out a survey about themselves and give answers that reflect you in the best possible light? And if the answers through the online questionnaire reveal something you don't like, you go back and change a couple of the answers. I mean, we, we naturally look for and often create an image of the results that we want to see. Again, this doesn't mean that you're a pathological liar or a full-blown nutcase. You just want to see yourself reflected in the best possible light. Now I'm going to give you a few examples of some surveys because I think uh, this is fun stuff. I'd like you to take a clinical psychopathy test sometime. And I would be so bold to guess that if you were to take the PCLR, which is the Psychopathy Checklist Revised, and providing that you answered the questions honestly, you would qualify as a psychopath based on certain behaviors and emotions that you at one time or another exhibited in the past. Look, I'd be considered a psychopath, or at least I know my former wife and most of my former girlfriends would say so. All right, so, so what are some of the signs of being a psychopath or a sociopath? Well, egocentricity, callousness, manipulative, impulsive, thrill-seeking, sexually promiscuous, unfaithful, irresponsible, deceptive, secretive, grandiose, lack of concern for the suffering of others. I mean, hey, this, uh, this could all sound like a fun weekend or a bad date. I mean, depending on your point of view. But honestly, who hasn't at one time or another, while, while you were drunk or not, exhibited some of these traits? Unfortunately, 99% of us uh, don't continue with all these behaviors simultaneously raging at full speed. Now, unless you hear voices in your head other than your own, you're not a clinical psychopath. But based on your interview answers, you could be viewed as one. Now let's talk about some questions about whether a person is an alcoholic. Now, the traditional alcoholic questionnaire will query you about blackouts, memory loss, sexual promiscuity, missing responsibilities, volatility of relationships, frequency and amount of drinking, isolating, etc. And the majority of adults could answer yes to most of these questions. Now, you say, oh, no, no way, Mark. Well, have you ever forgotten to pay a bill or paid only the minimum amount? Have you ever argued with a friend or family member? Have you ever uh, seen someone or been around someone that got you sexually aroused? I mean, did you ever forget someone's name or misremember facts? Hey, it happens all the time to people who don't even drink. So those questions in themselves don't necessarily make you an alcoholic. Now to the question of frequency and the amount you drink. Now, what if grandma drinks a glass of port wine every night at dinner and another glass before bed? Now, she says it helps her to sleep, and she's been doing this uh, routine for 20 years. Is she an alcoholic? I mean, hey, she drinks seven days a week. Now, on paper, she sounds like an alcoholic, but would you do an intervention and send grandma off to a 12-step program? Look, unless grandma's, uh, you know, going out to the bars wearing a leather miniskirt and tearing it up as a geriatric super freak, you'd probably leave her be. And actually, if that is your grandma, I think I went out with her once. She hangs out in Waukesha, Wisconsin. (laughs) Okay, sorry. All right, well, here's a more relevant example. What if you drink every day, alone, at home, never argue with anyone, always pay your bills on time, get to work on time, and perform your job well? The only criteria that you match as an alcoholic is that you drink every day. But what if you don't do that every day? What if you're so controlled and under a routine that you only do it on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday night? You pay your bills, you're responsible, and you don't go out and get into fights. However, on Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday night, you sit on your couch and drink until you fall asleep in front of the TV. Now, do you need an intervention or to go into a program? Are you an alcoholic? You know, I feel it comes down to whether you are happy with your behavior. Do you really need clinical confirmation or exoneration to determine whether excessive drinking is causing problems or not? I mean, really, who gives a shit whether you hold the official title of alcoholic or not? Now, when you go to outside sources or services about substance abuse, you often aren't searching for confirmation that you are an alcoholic or an addict. You're trying to massage your own mind to tell yourself that you aren't an alcoholic, and you may even use your test results as a way to defend yourself when others observe, suggest, or outright accuse you of being an alcoholic or addict. And chances are good that if you perform a questionnaire about your drinking habits, you won't say, wow, am I glad I took that test? I had no fucking idea that I drank too much. This must be my lucky day. All right, all jokes and kidding aside, there is value in taking online questionnaires or talking with a therapist. Now, not necessarily because of the results it may show you, but because you are showing concern. Somewhere inside of you, something is bothering you about this. Being curious and recognizing that you have a substance overuse problem can be your first stage of getting your own life under control. So here's my point. You don't need to take all kinds of online quizzes or see a therapist to decide if you have an alcohol overuse problem. That decision is yours, and the evidence is probably right in front of you. I mean, just look around your house or your car. If your garbage or recycle bin is filled with empty beer cans, booze, and wine bottles, the evidence is right there. As a side exercise, why don't you take all those bottles and cans out of the uh, recycle bin and add them up. See how much money you spent on the creation of piss. Not a fun exercise, is it, when you see the truth in numbers? Okay, so yes, you might want to get outside confirmation from some other source, but what would that confirmation change? Your doctor, therapist, minister, boss, spouse, or friend could tell you, yes, John, you have a drinking problem. And you can still massage your own mind by saying, well, I still have my job, I haven't lost my home, and I'm certainly not as bad as, insert name here. Now, So instead of filling out a survey or talking with a therapist or attending a meeting out of curiosity, why don't you just try living completely alcohol-free for 30 days? just 30 days. That's it. Hey, if you live to 65, you're going to live 23,731 days. I'm just asking for 30 days. If you live to 70, that's 25,567 days. I'm asking for 30 days. That's nothing out of a life. So just try it for 30 days and see how you feel, behave, and react to life during those 30 days. Now, I also suggest that you stash $10 away every day during that 30-day period. And at the end of 30 days, you'll have a better idea if you have a drinking problem. And you're also going to be $300 richer. And you know what? If you're already sober, maybe stop calling yourself an alcoholic. How can you be an alcoholic if you don't drink? I'm just saying. So chances are good, deep inside, you already know whether you have a problem or not. So why not make the best out of your sobriety? Hey, okay, that's it. Thank you for spending your time listening to my long-winded blogio. I call it a blogio. I know it's a podcast, but it's the audio of my blog. Hey, if you enjoy this stuff or you get something out of it, please tell your friends about my website. It's livingsobersucks.com. Hey, I think I got a couple of books out there, too. Just uh, you can find them on Amazon or my website. And hey, thanks again for spending some of your very valuable time with me. My name is Mark Tushell.